Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. <laughs> Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now, your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Walmsley. Welcome to the Dell Walmsley Radio Show, where, as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Proudly sitting in for Dell today, I'm your host, Mike Harrison. Well, my friends, today's show is going to be an interesting discussion. It's going to be a wild ride of sorts. I already know this show's going to go by rapidly. I hope you can stick with me throughout the entire show. This show is for you good life folks. In fact, this show may be for many of you that consider yourselves enjoying a great life right now. And I want to speak to you that have had some decent success within your careers and you've been able to accumulate a nice amount of savings. And and what do I mean by that? A nice amount of savings, let's just say 200, 300, 500, maybe even a million plus in savings. And by savings, that could be traditional savings, stocks, CDs, mutual funds, IRAs, 401ks, and yes, those are savings plans, glorified savings plans, but they're still savings plans. Or maybe you have debt equity of a hundred, two hundred, four hundred thousand dollars in your home. You might be a corporate person or possibly a successful business owner, or you just might be one of those incredible savers. Yes, there are those of you out there that are able to amass quite a bit of wealth just by living frugally and saving your money. Because today we're going to discuss whether or not you would rather invest $100,000 in the stock market or $100,000 in real estate. And many times, this is the question for a very large group of you out there. In fact, this is where I found myself eight to 10 years ago. And what's the inspiration for today's show? Honestly, I'm surprised I have not done this show before now, to tell you the truth. Well, the inspiration comes from discussions with, let's just say, my inner circle, okay? People that are close to me, friends, family, confidants, close enough to feel okay discussing the financial issues of the day, right? And the conversation would turn to investing at times, and people know how I invest, and they often come to me and they say, hey, Harrison, if you had 100000 or more to invest, what would you do? And that conversation's always rather awkward, okay? And it, that, that begs me to this quick point. Why, why is discussing finances in America considered poor taste, rude, a social faux pas, if you will? I mean, honestly, it's no wonder that 40 to 60% of folks 65 or older are retiring at or near poverty levels, okay? Look, you can either talk about finances with your confidants, your 
folks that are close to you. You can visit it. You can discuss it. You can find a plan, a mentor, an alternative. Or you can quietly live in desperation. You can quietly live in stress and fear. And you can retire and live broke. Okay? And look, not discussing your financial situation with people that are closest to you is garbage. It really is. And it's just another reason. It's just another nail in the coffin to be dramatic, right? To help ensure that people retire broke at or near poverty. And it, there's millions of them out there every year that are retiring at or near poverty over and over and over. And and for you folks that are not wealthier or financially free, guess what? Get over the embarrassment. You're in the majority. You're in the massive majority. And I can, I can almost hear the family conversation around the dinner table, and, and it probably goes something like this. And, and two, let's say two cousins are talking, right, or two brothers or, or what have you, the inner family. And, and the conversation may go something like this. You know, Aunt Sue is the nicest, sweetest woman on the planet. I absolutely love her. She, she's always there. She always remembers everyone's birthdays. I had no idea she was so broke. I wish she had reached out to us 15, 20, 30 years ago and let us know her situation. And maybe the conversation continues and, and it says, well, at least her home's paid for. And at least she gets $400 a month from Uncle Charlie's pension. But sadly, there's nothing we can do for her now since her savings ran out. Think about that. How many of you out there have had or will have that conversation within your family? How many of you will have that conversation within the next 10 years? How many of you will find out just how broke someone really is or was or how much they were suffering to make ends meet only after they pass away? And will that conversation be about you one day? You know, Al Gordon on the Lifestyles Unlimited show, I think he said it best. He said, financial freedom is not an option it's a requirement and even within our closest confidence people that we know people that we love people that we trust we dance around this discussion of finances we may even hint at times hey what would you do if you had x but no one really comes out and talks about their situation or if that situation comes up that discussion comes up it's always very private and it's very rare and so I think to myself, as someone who does this show, as, as a real estate investor and someone within Lifestyles Unlimited, because we absolutely discuss finances all the time. We open the books on all of our investments. We share with others, not to brag, but to teach, to help, to become better, to sharpen the sword, right? But, but many people will never discuss finances in the United States and, and often wonder, I ponder, why is that? And, and I think it... You know, a big part of it might be embarrassment, right? We live in a society that relishes the materialistic around us everywhere. TV, advertising, social media. I mean, it's ingrained everywhere. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's, it's the world we live in, right? And it could be a big part that, frankly, the retirement plan that, that most of us have adopted and most people in the United States have adopted today just isn't working for the for the majority okay 
household debt is skyrocketing. Or if you're one of those folks that we're going to talk to on today's show and you're doing pretty darn good, you may be embarrassed to talk about it because you know the discussion with the other five people in the room, you're the one that's winning, so to speak, and they're not. They're breaking even, if, if that. But let's talk to the those of you out there, I want to talk to you, that have the means to put six figures into an investment. Because today's show is, would you rather have $100,000 in the stock market or $100,000 in real estate? And this is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to run through both scenarios. I have done both personally. We're going to talk about advantages, disadvantages, corollary items. And what do I mean by corollary items? Well, those are items that can't really be quantified mathematically, okay? It's, but it's food for thought, and they're important items. And, and what do I mean by some of these corollary items? Well, control. It's interesting. Talk about who really controls your wealth, your investment, right? It's $100,000. You want to know who's really in control. Or how about ownership, right? Do you own it? Or does Wall Street own it? You may think you own it. Well, and if you're in real estate, honestly, you've got that silent partner. You've got that lender that we recommend to be in for at least 80% of the deal, okay? Not at least, but typically 80%, maybe 70 60%, just depending on, on how it plays. You're keeping some equity. Don't get me wrong. We're not crazy, but we are using lenders. Okay, what about rules that are applied to savers and investors within real estate and the stock market? Because those change often. Washington, D.C. is famous for changing rules. Look, there's rules that are in place today that may not be allowed 10, 20, 30 years from now. Just look at stretch IRAs is a good example. Those are gone. Look at the death tax. That thing changes around, it seems, every couple of years. So Washington, D.C. is famous for changing rules that you may be counting on today that might be gone tomorrow. So we're going to be right back after a short break to continue our discussion. Would you rather have 100 in real estate or 100,000 in stock market? My name is Mike Harrison, and this is the Dale Walmsley Radio Show. Lifestyles Unlimited is the real estate investor education and mentoring group that has been taking people by the hand and teaching them how to invest in real estate for 29 years. Our students have been so successful at creating wealth and passive income that they have won local, state, and national investor of the year awards 12 of the last 12 years. If you're ready to add real estate to your portfolio, go to lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com to access our free live training event schedule. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. I'm your host, Mike Harrison. We're doing a rather provocative show today, in case you missed the first segment. And essentially, I'm talking to you folks that have done pretty good in your life, and you've got six figures to invest 
and I want to discuss, would you rather put $100,000 in real estate or $100,000 in the stock market? And I'm sure many of you are going to have some questions or comments, and I do welcome those. Please feel free to shoot me an email, askmike at luinc.com, askmike at luinc.com with any questions or comments at all on this comparison. Okay, 100,000 in real estate or 100,000 in the stock market. I've had both, okay? And I will take real estate all day long and twice on Sunday if you didn't know, right? This is the this is a real estate investment show. Dell Walmsley founded Lifestyles Unlimited, which is about it's a mentoring and educational group for real estate investing. And we're going to get into the why in just a moment. And there's a lot of why, okay? But first, I need to put some parameters around what I mean by real estate investing because there is a myriad of real estate investments out there, some very, very basic and some extremely complex. But for our purposes on today's show, when I talk about real estate investing, I'm talking about very specific items, okay? I'm talking about either investing in uh, three, two, two, three bedroom, two bath, two car garage, single family homes in decent neighborhoods, working class homes, or I'm talking about investing primarily in what we would call a class B or a class C apartment community. Okay. That's what, that's our model. And an apartment community, in case you didn't know, is any community that is five units or greater, five doors or greater is considered an apartment. A fourplex, right? A fourplex with four doors, that is not considered an apartment. A fourplex essentially is, for lending purposes, is considered a single family home, okay? So do we invest in land? No. Land for us, that's speculation, okay? And there's no cash flow. That's very important. So we don't invest in land because essentially, how does that work? You buy the land and then you cross your fingers and you say, one day this is going to be worth more than I paid for it. And then you cash in at the end. But in the meantime, you did nothing but pay taxes, take care of the property, take care of the land. You fed it. It did not feed you. Do we invest in condos? No. Primarily, no. Why? because you can't control that asset. Within a condo, you only own basically from paint on the left wall to the paint on the right wall, the interior, okay, the inside. You don't own the exterior, have no control over it whatsoever, so we stay away from condos. What about warehouses, commercial buildings, commercial structures, strip centers? No, that's not within our model we feel those are more sensitive in a bad way to economic downturns because what we invest in, we're not afraid of the downturn. We make money in the down markets and we make money in the up market. So we stay away primarily from that, those commercial entities. What about industrial? No. Development? No. New construction? I'm going to say no, but I have seen some new construction, single family homes where it fits within our model. Very rare, understand what you're doing, but I, I'm gonna throw a no out there because it covers about 95% of, of most new constructions and no, maybe more than that. Duplexes, fourplexes, 
typically no, but do we have some successful members that indeed own these and, and do well? Yes, it does require a little more expertise to handle those properties. And, and I will say this, don't own half of a duplex. If, if you find yourself owning a duplex, own the entire property. Why? Many, many reasons. Control, number one. Two, you've got no say over the tenant in the left side or the owner in the left side if you own the right side. But, you know, something, let's take there's a repair, right? Uh, you need a new roof, and you want to put a roof on your side, and the person who owns the other side doesn't want to put a new roof on. What a nightmare. You don't want to get into it. If you do happen to own them, own the entire structure, okay? What about REITs, okay? No. Essentially, a REIT is really, it's, it's an investment. It's a stock market investment within real estate for the most part, okay? REITs are traded. Uh, the values fluctuate. There's shares within a REIT. So, no, I'm not talking about real estate ownership within a, within a REIT. Now, in those examples that I discussed, are there people that earn millions upon millions of dollars investing in those various entities? Absolutely. It just doesn't fit into our model. We have a very simplistic, simple model for a reason. One, easy is good, right? Easy uses less time. Easy is also massively predictable. We like predictable. We like knowing the outcome before we purchase the asset, okay? All right, let's uh, let's get into these reasons why I would rather have $100,000 in real estate than $100,000 in the stock market if, if I was to invest in either. Um, and, th and these reasons are in no particular order at all. Taxes. Let's talk about taxes associated with real estate. And I want to talk about the taxes primarily associated with operations and ownership. I'm not talking about the taxes associated with the sale. I will get into those in just a second. But with real estate ownership, you can depreciate the expenses over time against the cash flow, okay? And therefore, with that depreciation, you can essentially make the cash flow tax-free, okay? You have to understand what you're doing and how to do it, but you can do that. And you can also utilize what's called straight-line depreciation, okay? You can use straight-line depreciation strategies to write off a greater amount in a shorter amount of time. You see, real estate ownership is a business, okay? It's not just an investment, it's a business. And as a business, your expenses, you, you get to write off all your operation expenses. What is that? That's, that's pretty much everything. That's rehab. That's interest on the property. That's property taxes. That's management expenses, legal fees, home office, travel, mileage, tolls, cell phones, education, capital, CapEx improvements, software, computers. These are business expenses, okay? You get to write those off. With stock ownership and investment, there is no such luxury, Okay, no such luxury unless you do it for a living, and that's that's a whole different entity. But we're talking about investing here. So let's also go into taxes associated with the sale of the asset. With real estate, I can pay the capital gains on the profits of the real estate and move on down the road. And by the way, I'm going to write off the cost associated with that sale. Or I can do what's called a 1031 exchange. I can utilize a 1031 exchange. It's within the tax code. 
And if you don't know what that is, shoot me an email. I am going to do a show in a few weeks that's all about the 1031 exchange. It's that important. It's that wonderful of a strategy. But a 1031 exchange allows me to sell that property and to pull the proceeds from that property out tax-free as long as I put it into more real estate. And there's some requirements to that, and there's a time frame. But it's beautiful. We defer those taxes. Defer, defer, defer. We'll be right back in a moment to continue this discussion. This is the Dale Walmsley Radio Show, and my name's Mike Harrison. Get total freedom in your life, safely and quickly. Build wealth and passive income so you never worry about working until you drop, losing your job, or retiring in poverty. 29 years ago, Dell Walmsley founded Lifestyles Unlimited. Dell has taught over 100,000 people, just like me and you, the principles of financial freedom through his national radio shows and personal one-on-one mentoring at Lifestyles Unlimited. I'm excited to tell you about the real estate workshop that has changed so many lives. This workshop takes you inside what we do and what we believe. We'll share with you the five ways we make money in real estate and much more. Just like your personal trainer, the Lifestyles Unlimited team will motivate, encourage, and teach you so you can get in the best financial shape of your life. Call 866-971-8970 or go to lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com. That's lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com to register for the workshop that will change your life. That's lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Today, my friends, a rather controversial show to, to some of you, and, and feel free to shoot me an email to discuss. That's askmike at l-u-i-n-c dot com. Askmike at l-u-i-n-c dot com. But what we're talking about is if you have the means to put six figures away into an investment, do you want to put that in the stock market or do you want to put it into real estate? And we're comparing and contrasting those. And frankly, it was decades before I even realized that I could invest in real estate, at least to the the degree and to the breadth that we do it here at Lifestyles Unlimited. I mean, yes, do I did I know that you can go out and purchase a rent home? Sure. Everybody knows they can go buy a second home or a third home or a fourth home. But what I didn't realize until I was educated, until I found an effective education, is that I could do it on a level that I'm doing it now, okay? Because because before, all I knew was the conventional world, right? Corporate America. You get a nice bonus, what do you do? Uh, we feed the 401k a little more. You get a fat commission check, well, some of that's going to the 401k. We're setting it aside for a rainy day. Just feed it, feed it, feed it, feed it. And I, I had no idea that I had the option, well, you know what? Maybe I want to become a partner in another multifamily uh, apartment community. Never thought I could do that, right? Now I'm a partner in over 1,500 doors, okay? And it's incredible what's out there. You don't know what you don't know. So we're doing this show. Would you rather put $100,000 or more into the stock market or into real estate? 
Let's continue another reason why I pick real estate every time. I'm going to call this reason mortgage pay down. Okay. And this is going to sound funny to you stock or mutual fund investors. You're chuckling out there because there's no such thing as it. And you're, you may even think I'm being silly. I'm not being silly. And how about you cash real estate investors out there that have been told, well, if you want to own a rent home, you need to pay cash for it. Well, you don't get that mortgage paid down either because it's paid for. So this is just another advantage that's not in your tool bag. You see, we leverage everything. Do we leverage them to dangerous levels? No. We're sitting on 20, 30, 40% equity in these properties, okay? We can move them anytime we want. We just choose not to. But we leverage everything. Why? Interest rates are low. Why? It maximizes the return. You know, Mark Cuban recently was talking about the low interest rates out there. And, and I'm sure you all know billionaire Mark Cuban, owner of the Dallas Mavericks. He's on Shark Tank. But he, he had a statement that him and I guess his inner group of other billionaire buddies were talking about the low interest rates that have just been around and, and continue to stay low. And, and he said that low interest rates today are like universal income for rich people. Think about that for a second. He's basically saying it's free money is, is where it is, okay? So mortgage pay down. So when the more equity you have in a property, the lower the returns on that property. So we borrow, okay? And, and when we borrow, we create a note that's due to the lender, right? And when the rent is paid by that resident, whether it's a single-family home or an apartment community, we in turn take that rent payment and we pay, what do we pay? We pay the principal, we pay the interest, we pay the taxes, and we pay the insurance each and every month, okay? So within that note is principal, yes. That's mortgage pay down. And so each month when you're paying that, a little portion goes to reduce the principal. What is that in turn doing? Well, it's increasing your equity, another word for ownership, within that property, within that asset. So your ownership percentage increases each and every month. That principal is reduced. That's the mortgage pay down. Is there anything like that in the stock market or mutual fund investment world? Nothing I'm aware of. Please reach out to me if there is something like that. I'm, I'm dead curious to know. I, I would devour any information that you could provide to me to within the stock investment world that is similar to the mortgage pay down that we enjoy as real estate investors. Let's continue on. Another reason I would rather invest in real estate than in the stock market. Again, these these reasons are in no particular order appreciation okay and appreciation is essentially that's the 600 pound gorilla when you compare stock market investing to real estate and it's the 600 pound gorilla because those that invest in the stock market and i'm not talking about fancy puts or calls or option trading or any of that i'm just talking about everyday uh you know, American citizen or, or not even American citizen, stock market investor typically is buying mutual funds. You may be buying the stock, okay? So I'm just talking about common everyday stock market investing. But appreciation is all market investors understand. 
that's all they understand because you buy the mutual fund or the stock at A, and if it appreciates and grows to B or C, then essentially as soon as you sell or liquidate that mutual fund or stock, you have made a profit, a return. That's appreciation. That's all they understand, okay? And when those folks that are in the stock market and they're talking to us real estate investors, they always like to throw out, well, if you're going to buy real estate, what do they say? Well, location, location, location. They tell you that's everything. Because, again, all they understand is appreciation. The stock market world is buy low, sell high. And so they translate that knowledge to what they think they understand about real estate is, well, you need to buy it low and sell it high. Well, that look, honestly, that happens, but that's not why we're buying real estate, okay? That's a stock market mentality, okay? Now, let's dig into real estate appreciation because, again, we don't necessarily count on it. That's not our, our primary reason for buying the properties. It's not even the secondary or third reason. So we don't count on it. But, in fact, does it happen? Yes. Real estate will double in value on average every 20 years, no matter where that property is. Okay, That is a universal average. In the right markets... Real estate and values are increasing at a much more rapid pace. And there's there's many, many reasons why, but let's get down to it. Why? Because labor costs to build that asset, to build a new home or a new apartment community, continue to rise. Land costs continue to rise. Material costs continue to rise. Impact fees, regulations, yes, those continue to those costs continue to rise. And in many markets are are unbelievably restrictive. They're so expensive. Okay? So the average cost to build a new home in the United States today, $303,000. So essentially, that puts a 2,000-square-foot home at about $150 per square foot. That's the average. Can you get it lower in some places? Yes. Is it much higher in other places? Yes. Now let's talk about the median Home price, what are people paying on average for homes today? And this is all homes on the market, not new construction. Well, that median is $200,000. Okay? Did you hear me? The median is two hundred, dollars but the price to build a new home is $303,000. I don't have a degree in math, but I'm telling you that 303 is going to pull that two hundred dollars up. Okay? If you're buying... An asset that absolutely cannot be replaced, you know, it, it, to replace it is going to cost you $100,000 more. Do you think that asset's value is going to appreciate? Absolutely it is. It's simple mathematical principle. So, for you stock fund buyers, when you bought that stock or that mutual fund, were you able to pay less than the average price to replace that stock? It's kind of a, again, that's kind of a silly question. I'm being facetious here. Or how much does it cost to build more of that stock? That's crazy. So you see, what we're buying, they cannot build for the price that we're buying it at. And it's an asset that becomes rarer and rarer each and every year. And again, think about Class B and Class C apartment communities. They're not making those anymore. You can't replace those. So their value continues to increase. And that's the same thing with common, everyday, 322 
good bones, homes, okay? You can't replace them for where they are. Now, the juiciest fact about appreciation is here's the beauty in real estate. You control 100% of that asset, but you probably only put down 20 to 30% of that asset to purchase it, yet you get the full appreciation. We're going to look a little deeper at that when we come back after this short break. My name's Mike Harrison, and this is the Dell Walmsley Radio Show. What would happen if you didn't show up for work tomorrow? For the next couple of days? For a week? A couple of months? A year? How long until you lose everything you've worked for in a fraction of the time it took to earn it? If this fear keeps you up at night, it's time to learn the strategies we teach at Lifestyles Unlimited. Start with the free workshop. Go to lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com and find your true financial peace, like so many of our members already have. That's lifestylesunlimitedpodcast.com. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Mike Harrison. We're having a little bit of fun today comparing if you had six figures to invest, would you put it into real estate or would you put it into the stock market? And before I pick that back up. I do want to touch on our Wealth and Passive Income Expo that's the end of February in Houston. And if you've never been to Houston, that's a great reason to come visit us. If you have even an inkling of interest into real estate investing and seeing what we do and how we do it, then the Expo is for you. And you can find information on the Expo at Wealth and Passive Income Expo. Dot com. You can also find information on the Expo at the Lifestyles Unlimited website. Just click on, there's a, there's a hot tab at the top when you go to the website called Expo, and you can get your tickets there. If you'd like to save $50 off the cost of admission, use promo code EXPO50. No spaces in that. That's EXPO, E-X-P-O-5-0. It'll save you $50 off the price of admission. It's the largest event of its kind in the country. Come meet people just like yourself that decided to try the water, jump in, and here they are one year, two year, three year, five years later, very, very successful real estate investors. So it's a, it's a great time. It's a great event. We'd love to have you. Look, I can't promise the weather at the end of February in Houston. It could very well be 75 degrees and sunny, and it might be 40 degrees and cold. I will tell you this. Chance of snow, I doubt it. Okay, It could happen. This is Texas weather, but look, if you're in some of those snowy places up north, this is a great reason to get the heck out of there. Come get away, take a little break, and come see us in Houston at the Wealth and Passive Income Expo. All right. When we left off, I was talking about appreciation. And appreciation is the 600-pound gorilla when you're comparing the stock market to real estate investing. Because for the most part, that's the only way to really make money in stock market investing. You buy low and you sell higher. You buy and you wait and you wait. You wait five years. You wait 10 years. You wait 20 years. You wait 30 years, and, and eventually the whole philosophy there is that fund's going to be worth way more than when you bought it. But let's talk about appreciation 
on a real estate asset, okay? And let's take a very common everyday home valued at $200,000, right? Single family rental home valued at $200,000. And let's say you have an equity of 30%, very common. That's $60,000 in equity, right? Let's say that home appreciates 8%. And pick your market. Do we have some markets where it's going to go up 8% this year? We sure do. But if you'd rather divide that over two years, 4% a year, if that makes you feel better, that's fine because this is, is still going to work for you. So 8% of appreciation on $200,000 home is $16,000, okay? And if you bought this home using our model, you bought a distressed property for, let's say, $150,000. And when you purchase that property, let's say you put 20% down, $30,000 in the deal out of pocket, right? 20% of $150,000, you came out of pocket, thirty dollars to make the deal. So you're in it for thirty, dollars yet your appreciation, your return, is 53%. $16,000 appreciation on a $30,000 investment is a 53% return. And if you feel better dividing that over two years, that's a 26.5% return. See, when you buy real estate, you're only buying, you're putting a portion of the value of that asset down. You have a lender as a partner, yet when the appreciation comes, you get appreciation on the entire asset, 100% of the asset, okay? So, that's you can't do that with a stock. It's impossible. Go buy 20% of a stock and try to get appreciation when it goes up of 100%. You can't do it, okay? You can't do it within everyday trading. The next reason, and I'm not going to even get to all the advantages today as to why I'd rather have real estate. I can tell. I told you this show was going to go by really fast. Cash flow. We're not going to purchase a property without cash flow. Bottom line, if it doesn't cash flow, we're out. Because at the end of the day, the true definition of, of an investment, an investment pays you. I used to think my 401k was an investment, and every month they would just take the money out of my check, boom, it would go seamlessly into the 401k fund each and every month. I never never received a check from my 401k company. They never tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, Mike, we had a great year. Here's your return. Nope. You paid it each and every time. So earlier I discussed many, many different types of real estate ownership and investing that we don't we do not do. We don't do for uh, uh, many reasons, that they're complicated, they're possibly risky. We like predictable returns, okay? We like a hedge. We do just fine whether it's an up economy or a down economy. We like to keep it simple and profitable. And within that model, cash flow is king. I know that sounds cliche, but cash flow is king. And we're looking for cash on cash returns, single family, often today, 12 to 30% of the investment, if not more, okay? Can a stock provide cash flow? Sure. There's dividend stocks that'll provide cash flow. But let me give you some, some facts around that. If you're, if you're finding a, div, a stock that has a dividend greater than 4%, be very careful. Because among other things, a, a dividend yield that's too high can indicate the payout's unsustainable, can indicate that investors are selling the stock, driving down its share price, hence increasing the yield. 
Also, I want you to understand this. Dividends can fluctuate quarterly or annually. My rent, my mortgage, very predictable. Stay the same for the most part. Can my taxes go up and change that? Sure, I adjust. Can I raise the rent? And that changes the equation. Yeah, but it's predictable. It holds for a year. Also, that stock paying the dividend, that company could go under tomorrow. Lastly, dividends are income, therefore taxable. Okay? So I hope you're getting my point today. If I had $100,000, would I put it in the stock market? Or would I put it in real estate? No doubt, all day long, the advantages of real estate. And we really didn't get into equity capture or returns. But I always want you to remember, my friends, it's not about the money. It's all about the lifestyle. Until next week, make it a great day. Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.